Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. So welcome back, everyone. Last week, we talked about Job again. Um, long, long, long part of the Bible. <laughs> what did we say it was? Like 30 chapters? 30, 35 chapters. 35 chapters. How ridiculous. Um, if y'all went back and read that, bless you. Um, no, I've read through it before. It's been a while, but I've read through it before. I like having these conversations around it being a little more off the cuff. Yeah. You know, uh, so Matt's our, Matt's our researcher here. I'm the one that's like, oh, really? I didn't know that happened. If I read it, I might, but yeah. Well, so much of it is, it feels like it's kind of encoded, you know, especially in these kind of Old Testament conversations. Like, what, what did he just say? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, last week when we talked about Job, he was going through his second round of trials. And um, as we mentioned, that we, we corrected ourselves from the previous episode. But this time, uh, Satan attacked him directly by attacking his health, but couldn't kill him. Unfortunately, on top of that pain and suffering, he had a wife that told him to forget about God. But Job refused his wife and kept his faith anyway. Good on him. Good job, Job. And then he had three friends, if you want to call them that, right. show up to be there for him. So they were good friends. They showed up to be there for him. But in the end, they decided they knew better. And Job had to have messed up really bad for God to punish him that way. Uh, they accused him, saying that he must have done something to earn what he was going through. Job finally kind of turned his back on him and stopped listening to him. When we left last week, everyone who should have been in his corner was unfortunately against him. So this time it's a talk a little bit about how God directly speaks with him and, and sets everybody straight, I think, through speaking to Job directly. That's right. Yeah. So, so God, God jumps in and he's like, all right, we got to get a little wisdom in the situation here. And so he comes and there's this big whirlwind, which is, you know, I guess like a big tornado or something is, is kind of what I visualize, but God starts speaking out of it. Job 38, two through three says, who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. I don't know about you, but when I hear that from God, I'm not, I, I would, I would be cowering in fear. Um, it <laughs> will come out of the whirlwind anyway. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, you got a whirlwind sitting there looking at you, but, <laughs> but to hear God, you know, when you, when you fear God and love God and, and, you're you're not sinning you're you're keeping your faith through all of this now god's coming at you and now he's mad at you yeah whoops (laughs) yeah you thought you had it all figured out yeah yeah (laughs) maybe not so so god comes in he starts asking a bunch of questions for job um basically saying who do you think you are and he, he has two rounds of questions the first round He's basically saying, Job, where were you when I created everything? Where were you when we established mating seasons and birthing seasons for animals? Where were you when we set boundaries for the seas and land and when everything was formless and all of a sudden it had form? Where were you when we set all these boundaries and created everything and created it to work exactly like it works? You are not the creator. I am. You need to get yourself in line. So you may be wondering, why does God have this response to Job? Um, you know, Job has been faithful to God through all of this, even when his wife was telling him um, that 
he should abandon his faith in God when his friends were saying, well, you must have done something to mess up, and he knew he didn't. Um, through all of that, Job remained faithful. And so you're, you're probably thinking, okay, so why would God be coming after him like this and, and kind of attacking him like this? So the problem is that when Job was talking to his friends, there came a point when it seems like maybe a little bit of pride um, <laughs> came up in Job's life. And in Job 31, 5 through 6, he said, If I have walked in falsehood or my foot has rushed to deceit, let God weigh me on accurate scales, and he will recognize my integrity. Job was faithful to God, but he was also like, All right, God, bring it on. What did I do wrong? You tell me what I did wrong. <laughs> um, which, a uh, little... Stink preview here. That's never the right answer. No. Um, so, you, so it almost seems like he was starting to let his friends, uh, the berating that his friends gave him, really get to him. Mm-hmm. And and you know you must have done something wrong. You must have done something wrong. No, I didn't do anything wrong. All right, God. Yeah. Show me what I did wrong. So yeah, pride is is what do they say? Pride goes before the fall. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so we so so we see that coming out. And so that so having that context kind of helps and explain why God has the response he has and why he's talking to Job this way. It's not because Job abandoned God. It's not because he did something wrong, but rather to make sure Job remembered who's God in this situation and who's not. He needed uh, a little humility. Yeah, exactly. He need he need a little humbling, which, you know, all of us need a little bit of that every now and then. And so in Job 40 verses one through two, God comes uh, to Job again. He says, will the one who contends with the almighty correct him, let him who argues with God give an answer. And so at this point, uh, we've got chapters 38 and 39 are all God talking to Job. And in verse 40, we get this little break where Job jumps in and responds. He says, I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. I've spoken once and I will not reply twice, but now I can add nothing. So we see that humility come in. Um, Job's immediately like, okay, all right, God, I get it. I get it. So basically what Job's saying here is, look, I've already jumped in once and, and challenged you and saying, you know, hey, God, you weigh me on the scales of justice. He's saying, I'm done. I'm out. You win. I, I don't have anything else to say. So then God jumps in and he's got another series of rhetorical questions reminding Job of who he is. But, but this time he focuses on kind of the power of some of his creation. Um, So he talks about two kind of interesting creatures in here, behemoth and Leviathan, which are massive, powerful creatures um, that may have been around during the days of Job. They definitely knew about them. It meant something to Job. Some debate on what these animals are, which I think is kind of fun. Um, (laughs) some, some Some people believe that this is referring to dinosaurs. Which kind of fits the context. Uh, you know, these are massive creatures that you know mankind can't control and that sort of thing. Didn't he say something about with the tail, like a cedar tree? Yeah, a tail so, like a cedar tree, bones like bronze or bones like brass. I think like massive, massive animals. So, so that kind of makes sense. Although that would go against what a lot of the archaeological, like the carbon dating and all that kind of stuff or when dinosaurs were around versus humans and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, science. It's, science, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But there are others that believe maybe Behemoth was a hippopotamus, uh, Leviathan, a crocodile. But, you know, those are both mighty animals in their in their own right. But it the, seems they those are still, with the way they describe <laughs> those, those are still small compared to... Right. What you, we... The Leviathan, the movies make that out to be some big massive creature right, in the like, deep 
like uh, God, Godzilla-esque. Yeah. 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 Something like that, which would be dinosaurish. And yeah. I don't know, of course, but it's interesting to think. You know, and a side note, actually, in, in looking at this, uh, Emily likes to go back to, um, oh, I forget where the verse is, but something that talks about dragons. Mm. So maybe dragons were real at some point, and uh, they mentioned unicorns too. So huh. maybe unicorns were, were at some point you actually know, around. I mean, we have talking donkeys. We'll get to that here in <laughs> in a couple of months. I mean, the Bible is full of stuff. You know, we we talk about um, you know real world and fantasy and all that stuff. One thing I'll just say is that if you if you look at the Bible, like we don't understand everything that's in there, Mm-mm. but don't put God in the box. Yeah, that's like that. That's all I can say is we we don't know. We know that dinosaurs were on the earth at some point because we've got their bone structures and all that stuff. So why not? Yeah, why not here? Could have been part of creation and they were gone before humankind. It could have been in the days of Job. We don't know. So we're not sure exactly what God was talking about. But whatever it was, the point is clear that God is God and Job is not. That's right. And so Job, once again, um, is kind of wrapping up this conversation. He's humbled in God's presence in Job 42, verses 5 through 6. He said, I heard reports about you, and now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words, and I'm sorry for them. I am dust and ashes. And that's how the conversation between God and Job comes to an end. So basically, God says, shut up. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) That's right. Back off. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, and and that and, and saying, look, like, I understand that, you know, you're frustrated here and you've been good. Don't don't get me wrong, you've been good. But remember who you are. Yeah. And remember who I am. Like, don't put me in a contest of trying to see who's who's got more integrity here, who's who's judging this. No, that's you're gonna lose every time. Right. But Job being the faithful, you know, righteous man that he is, he's like, okay. All right, I get it. Which, granted, if I was you know, face-to-face with a whirlwind talking at me, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd probably get my act together here pretty quick, too. Well, and you know, uh, Job was already a God-fearing person who, who did his best. Of course, we said last week, it's not like Job, Job didn't sin. Right. Um, he sinned like everybody else. The only perfect one is Christ. But he had complete faith in God. Right. It wasn't until he had to really push back on his friends and say, no, I didn't. And almost tried to call himself perfect. Yeah. That God really said, no, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm out. I'm yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. You were doing good, but then you went a little too far. Right. Uh, but maybe it just goes to show we got to be careful who our friends are. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but it, it, it brings to that point, like... You know, and kind of transitioning to how this points to Jesus, one of the biggest issues that Jesus had with the Pharisees or religious leaders his day was this kind of pride. Mm-hmm. They they thought that, you know, we're going to keep the law, we're going to keep this long list of rules, we're going to do everything, quote unquote, the right way, we're going to hit that checklist, and, um, and everything's going to be good. That's what establishes our relationship with God. Um, Matthew nine twelve through 13 says, Now when he heard this, he said, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so in, in this verse, basically what Jesus is saying is, Look, it's the people who are already righteous don't need saving. But we all need saving. So, so don't be righteous in your own eyes. Don't, don't get this idea that you've got it all figured out and you've got your checklist that's going to get you through. 
that's that it's not right. Uh, Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." Um, and so, you know, we we but we see some a little bit of that attitude come out in Job of like, "I didn't do anything wrong." Like for him to say, "I didn't earn this," is is probably accurate. It's it's factually accurate. We know that that God allowed Satan to test him in this way to test his faith. But to go so far as to say, "Look, I'm show me what I did wrong. Prove prove to me I did something." That's when you cross that line because now you're claiming you've got it all figured out. You know, and and people outside of the church who who are non-believers who that's one of the first things that they tend to go to with with Christians in the church. Like, oh, you all think you're so righteous. You all think you're so perfect. You're you're just self-righteous. And and no, that's not what it is. It's our our only righteousness. No, hold on. Let me back up. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there are people who believe that. Yeah. There are people who screw things up by thinking, oh, I'm doing so great and God loves me and I'm awesome and, and they are the self-righteous ones. But if you're truly following, truly in a relationship with God, then you realize it's not you that's righteous, it's God. And it's only through him that you get your righteousness from. That's right. And a right being righteous, I mean, that is literally means being in close relationship with God. Yeah, it's it's if you break down this to be right in right standing, right? right. That right righteous is right standing with God. Right. Which means we trust and believe in God, so he forgives our sins. Jesus forgives our sins, which puts us in right standing with him. Right. You know, Ephesians two, eight through nine breaks it down pretty well. It says, For you are saved by grace through faith. It's not from yourselves, it's God's gifts not from work so that no one can boast. What that verse says is, look, we can't, we can't do enough to earn our salvation, to earn being in right standing before God. Uh, we have to have God's grace to do that. And the way we access that is through our faith in him. Like you said, it's through a relationship with him. When we say, okay, I believe Jesus is who he said he is, and I trust him for my salvation. I'm not going to try to earn it. Um, I put my faith in him. Now, Good works naturally come out of that as we grow in our relationship with God, our lives change, all that stuff. But what saves us is our faith and our relationship with him. That That's the part of this that gets so skewed sometimes is, you know, people, we, well, we talked about this early on in our podcast. There are people that say, oh, well, I'm a good person. I haven't done, I haven't killed anybody. You know, I've kept the 10 commandments, that, that sort of mentality even if you do all of that, I'm sure Job did all of that. Grand Ten Commandments weren't around yet, but but I'm sure Job lived a good life. We we know he did, but it's still not good enough. That's that's not what saves you. That's not what gets you in right standing before God. Right. It's it's about believing. It's about well, I use myself as an example. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to do any of the stuff that that frankly we should do. It wasn't until I developed a relationship with Jesus that I started wanting to do those things. Hmm. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't, oh, I want to be a better person, so I'm going to start going to church. It was, no, I met Jesus, and now I want to. Now, he put the desire in my heart to want to do the things, to want to serve in the church, to want to uh, fellow Christians, or well, everybody really, but... Um, want to spend time reading his word to want to spend time and i still struggle with that reading his word is hard for me <laughs> uh, so so don't think that i'm saying just because i want to do these things i'm good at it but it has given me more of a desire to than what i had before well and that's yeah you know, we were talking in a in an off mic conversation right before this about ways that um god is working in both of us to 
to to be better and how there are things that we're doing now that beforehand we you know, maybe, maybe even a year ago, maybe even a couple of months ago, we weren't moving in that direction, but now we are because God's called us to it. Right. Um, and so, you know, and that's, and sometimes that's getting away from bad things. Sometimes that's moving towards good things, but whatever it is, when you've got that relationship with God, your heart changes and, and your desires change. And and that's the thing is, is here, you know, Job wasn't a bad guy. And I, and I want to emphasize that this is, this is not an indictment on Job. Okay. Well, yeah, his friends were right. He really did something. But rather to say that it's important that we remember who we are in Christ, that we are that we are loved by God, that um, we are cherished by Him as His creation. But He is the Creator, and we are not. And so, when it comes to that kind of self righteousness and and who we are, it's really important that um, and that and that's what Jesus called out the Pharisees for that we remember. Okay, God is still God, and I'm not. No matter no matter how good we may be. That God is God. I'm I'm still broken, but that's why Jesus came. Right, right. Well, as we've mentioned in the past few episodes, uh, there's we don't know what's going on elsewhere in the world, um, so we're going to skip that segment. Maybe there were dinosaurs. We don't know. Maybe <laughs> who knows? Behemoths and leviathans and unicorns and dragons and all kinds of stuff. No, those last two weren't in there, but um, but they're in the Bible somewhere. So, but yeah, we don't know exactly. We don't. We don't know um, what time frame this was going on, so we're going to skip this session. We're going to get to it again, though, in a couple episodes. Yeah, when we get around to Moses, we'll jump right back in. Yeah, yeah. So next week, we're going to be talking about Job and how he kind of ends up um, after this whole confrontation with God and his friends and his wife and losing everything and being almost to the point of death uh, in his health. And and, uh, we're going to see how things kind of turn around for him. Again, thanks to God and the things that God's done for him, not for the things he's done for himself. So if you want to follow along, check out Job 42. No, not 42 chapters, uh, just <laughs> chapter 42. That's right. And uh, that'll that'll help you kind of keep up where we're at. But until then, Matt, why don't you wrap it up for us? Yeah, we hope you'll join us again next week. Uh, between now and then, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Like, follow, share our stuff. Uh, jump into the conversation. We love interacting with you guys and, and having real conversation about what's going on and uh, the scripture and stuff we put out there. Hopefully that's an encouragement for you. Also, be sure to go check out our website, uh, www.simplifyjesus.com. There you can find all of our podcasts from when we started over a year ago. We've got a lot of good content up there. Be sure to like and share that as well. Let us know what you think. Shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com with any comments, questions, or concerns. I would love to hear from you. And uh, with that, we will uh, see you guys again next week.